It's got the juice, it's got the juice. <laughs> I got that song stuck in my head. Anyway, hey, welcome to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and very honored and excited that you clicked on this episode. Um, if it's your first time here, I want to say welcome. Uh, I think you just clicked on a great podcast, and hopefully you're going to love it. You're going to have a lot of fun, and you're going to leave today understanding a new level of intimacy with Jesus. If it's not your first time and you're returning, what up, QWC fam? Um, I love you guys. Thanks so much for being loyal, for coming back to the podcast, for listening, for engaging in conversation. I think we have one of the best podcast communities in the world. And it, I mean, like honestly, one day I would love to um, get to do like some sort of meetup or something. I think that'd be so cool. I just got back from a trip in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I went to a friend of mine's church conference at Church by the Glades, and it was super cool. I got to meet a few of you guys, actually a handful of you guys, a good amount, and it was super cool to put some faces to the listeners of the podcast, and it really, it really made me like desire what I said. It's like I would love to meet more of you guys. I'd love to do some sort of meetup, some sort of event or something like that. That'd be really cool to do, um, so I'll have to try and get that together in the future. That'd be super cool. Uh, anyway... Welcome to episode 16 of the podcast. As always, a couple of housekeeping things before we jump into the question, which is a question I'm really excited about today, by the way. I think it's one that we need to talk more about, and uh, it's a great question. Um, but as always, if you want to partner financially with the podcast, there's no pressure, obviously. Um, but you, you can go to donate at anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. There's 99 cent options, 4.99 options, and 9.99 options. Which, if you think about it, is really just like a Starbucks drink a month or, you know, maybe even like two Starbucks drinks. Or actually, depending on your Starbucks drink, fun fact, I used to work at Starbucks. You're getting some inside info on me today. I worked at Starbucks while I was in college. You could easily rack up an almost $10 drink at Starbucks, especially now with how expensive everything is. Um, anyway, so if you do want to do that, feel free. The support means the world. Um, you guys like simply clicking on this and sharing it with a friend also means equally as much, if not more. Um, let's just continue to share this podcast, tell people about Jesus and allow God to continue doing the cool stuff he's been doing through it. Uh, also if you watch on YouTube, which I, ever since, um, Spotify came out with some, uh, video options, and by some video options, I mean ever since you could watch it on Spotify. Not a lot of people have been watching on YouTube. It's dropped a lot. So anyway, if you do watch, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Caden Fabrizio is where everything is hosted, as well as some other fun YouTube videos of just my life and some other sit-down videos. I've done a tattoo tour where you can hear all about these um, and a couple vlogs. I went to Cancun. I had a friend over. Just some fun stuff. Uh, lastly, follow along on Instagram, follow at Caden.Fabrizio or at questions with Caden to stay up to date. Make sure you don't miss a thing and to know when new episodes come out, who the guests are on them, and um, even get your guys' opinions and questions to answer directly on the podcast. Okay, now that we got through all of that, let's jump into today's episode. Today's episode, you saw the, the title, it's titled, What Does It Mean to be intimate 
with God. And I'm excited today in my pink Dr. Dre headphones <laughs> to answer the question, what does it mean to be intimate with God? I think it's one of the most important questions. And to be honest with you, I had this question for a very, very long time as a believer. I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian household. And time and time again, you're told to, you, God wants you to be intimate with him. And you're told to have an intimate relationship and for the longest time, it felt very weird to me. That word just made me uncomfortable. It was like the word moist for some people. Like, I just really didn't enjoy that word. It just I just couldn't wrap my mind around being intimate with God. Um, and it wasn't until I took my relationship with Jesus into my own hands and had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life that I started to understand, oh, this is what it means. So I'm excited to give you guys some insight today. We're going to do what we always do. We're just going to pull the insight straight out of scripture. I got my big Bible open today, and um, hopefully by the end of this podcast, you are, um, you're carrying a new understanding of what intimacy with Jesus means to, um, you know how to do it. And I think that those are the two important things because I can, I can, uh, I can explain intimacy with Jesus to you guys, but it would be a disservice to say, this is what it is, and then not tell you this is how to do it. So I'm excited to give you guys both of those options today. As always, we have a foundational scripture um, to read before we jump in. And I'm going to be honest, it's not really a scripture. Today is very scripture heavy. I'm going to read a full chapter. A full chapter. Yeah, I am. Yeah, we're going to read a full chapter together today. And um, I think we have a lot to pull out of this chapter and a lot to learn about intimacy with God. So let's jump in. All you need to know when we're jumping into this passage, which is John 17, all you need to know is that this is a prayer of Jesus before he's going to be crucified. Um, chapter 16, before that, he talks about being crucified, dying, leaving, resurrecting, and leaving us the Holy Spirit. And he prays this prayer. And I was talking to a friend today. I texted him, I said, hey, when you think about intimacy with the Lord, who in the Bible do you look to to help model that? And he said, Jesus. And I thought that was the greatest, greatest answer because we could look to Moses and Noah and Paul and Peter and all these people. But what Jesus did is he modeled an intimate relationship with God, the Father, throughout his entire time here on earth. And you know that through this podcast, we believe that Jesus is simple gospel. Like Jesus is is good theology. If Jesus did it, we're going to do it. If Jesus spoke it, we're going to speak it. If Jesus walked it, we're going to walk it. And so I thought after talking with my friend, the best way to do this was we're just going to read a whole chapter and we're going to read how does Jesus pray to God the Father and how does he model it for us? And now we could do the Lord's Prayer and do all that kind of thing, but I thought that this chapter was really interesting and my friend told me that this was the chapter that he loved the most um, because this is a very intimate prayer. It's right before he's about to sacrifice himself for us. Um, he's about to be slaughtered. The lamb is about to be slain. And he is, I, th I think he's super vulnerable in this moment. And so um, I'd love to get reading because we have a lot to read and I'm still trying to keep this episode not super long. Okay, chapter 17, John chapter 17, verse 1, it says, After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you, for you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to teach one you have given him. To each one you have given him to teach one. The lighting in here is tough, I'm going to be honest. 
He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who sent you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, you hear my like pages turn? Bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and now that I came from you, they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name, so that they will be united just as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction, as the scripture foretold. Now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so they wouldn't be filled with my joy. So they would be filled with my joy. I am struggling through this. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be, may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me, even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. It's a lot to read. I had a couple mess-ups. But uh, let's pray, and then let's answer this question. Lord, I just thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for who you are, Father. I just thank you that, um, Jesus, you chose to give your life. You chose death so that we could have life, God, so that we could know you, Lord. You chose to give your life so that we could experience intimacy with you. So today, Father, I just pray you would reveal to us what that looks like, how to do it, how we can know you deeply and intimately, and how that leads to a life full of freedom and fullness, Father. We just love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Obviously, you know, always, unless you don't know because this is your first time listening to the podcast, if this is your first time listening, we always ask a very big question like, what is intimacy with God? And we answer it by breaking it down into smaller questions or into bullet points to help us get a full picture of what God has for us in this question. So I think for the first thing that I would say for intimacy is let's stop making it weird. I think that there's a lot of um, misunderstanding and, and, and 
for me, I was in that area for a long time. A lot of misunderstanding into the idea of what intimacy is and what it's to look like in a relationship with Jesus. Because typically in the world, you hear the word intimate and it has a sexual connotation because for some reason we have linked the word intimate to mean something sexual. But intimacy is not just sexual. It's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. And I think with Jesus, he wants us to have an intimate relationship where he is involved in every single one of those areas. Because if we are making this making this weird, we're making it complicated. And Jesus is a simple, simple God who doesn't want anything to be ever be complicated, but he wants things to be clear. He doesn't bring confusion. So just to break down intimacy very easily, we need to understand that intimacy is simply allowing as allowing God to know everything about us. And although he already does, it's uh, it's us submitting everything to him, saying, Lord, you have access to every single part of me, good, bad, ugly, sinful, uh, maybe not sinful, maybe things I'm ashamed of, trauma, all of those things, Father, you have access to, and I want you to be a part of. And how you do that is, a lot, is inviting him into those areas. And then the second part of intimacy is desiring to know as much about God as we possibly can. The Bible says that we may never know the mysteries of God, but there are things that God reveals to us about himself, his character, who he is, how he loves, and what he has for us. And those are the things that we are to desire and to seek and to knock at the door until he answers. And so intimacy with Jesus looks just simply like healthy relationship. Every healthy relationship has a foundation based in intimacy. And if you don't have intimacy in a relationship, often it leads to stale relationships. So I don't know if you've ever dated anybody or had any parent um, parent relationship or sibling relationship, but if you were never vulnerable with that person, if you're never open with that person, eventually your relationship hits a wall, it stays surface, and it goes stale. Because there's nowhere to go in a relationship if you just go like, hey, how are you? I'm great. Let's go get dinner. Get dinner, you talk about nothing other than the game, sports, whatever, but you never get deep, you never share who you are, you never share your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, what you've been through, what you're walking through now. Those are the things that that formulate real relationship. And a lot of times as believers um, in America, we just give God what we want to give him, what's easiest to give him. It's our few minutes at church. It's our... A couple devotions. It's the 15 minute devotional book we read. It's a little bit of our prayer life where we just tell him we want a promotion at work and we're a little depressed. But God wants more than that. And I think when it when you're intimate with Jesus, you're able to say, okay, this is all of me. This is everything I have. I'm vulnerable, God. Maybe I'm not good right now. Maybe I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. These are my thoughts. I'm upset with you. Or it's simply even too. It's like, hey, I'm really. I, I love you a lot. Like. This is why I love you. You're good. You're you're beautiful, Jesus. You're faithful. You're kind. Just opening up to him and praying in those ways, being vulnerable is what I think is the foundation of intimacy. Because like I said, relationships grow stale without it. And I think where there's no intimacy, there's no growth. And so for a lot of believers, I hear often and many people um, ask me questions similar to, how do I get back to Jesus? I once was on fire for God, but then I fell off. Or I want to desire more of Jesus, but I don't know how I've gone stale. And I think when you first give your life to Jesus and you experience Holy Spirit, you have a, a fire in you that's excited. You know him. You, 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 you just meet him. So you have a level of intimacy of just beginning to know him. But then at, at some point, like I said, if there's no growth or depth of relationship, it goes stale. 
because you can only be surfaced for so long. So I think the, the importance of intimacy breaks down to the depth of a relationship. You only go as deep as you are vulnerable. And that's even true with Jesus, even though he, he knows what you're thinking. He knows what you walk through. He understands the desires of your heart. Jesus is, uh, preachers always say, Jesus is a gentleman. And, this, and he's not going to barge into areas of your life that you don't let him get to. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, the areas of your life that God needs to get to most are the ones that you hold back the most. And so in, ordering, in order to understand intimacy and say like, hey, I want to make it not weird. I want to make it not a weird thing. It's simply saying, I just, I guess I just need to be open. Like, I guess intimacy is just being open to Jesus. It's just submitting all that I have to him and going like, yup, this is me. Good, bad, ugly. This is me. And I think the best part about intimacy with Jesus is that when you're vulnerable and open, he's vulnerable and open back. It's never a one-way street with Jesus. And if anything, I always think that God is always giving way more than we are. He gave us life first. And then he's constantly chasing us down just to spend time with us, to know us, to walk with us, to strengthen us, to cast vision with us, to heal us. He's always walking after and chasing us. He's always with us. And all he desires when he gave his life is that we would give our heart. And I think that... um, that is one of the most important things, one of the, the most important aspects of intimacy is giving God your heart. And that means everything, everything that you are, everything you think, everything you're walking through, everything you need growth through, um, and everything he's pulling you through. So I feel like once you understand that and you understand, okay, well, that's what intimacy is. That's what it looks like. You have to then, you can wrap your mind around intimacy with Jesus, but if there's no understanding of your relationship with Jesus or your standing with Jesus, then it's hard for you to have a relationship that's intimate with him. So if you just think that you are like um, an unworthy, nothing person, like you just think you're like this sinless, this sinful, unworthy, just this per- this thing God puts up with, then you're not going to feel like you can be open and intimate with him. Like if God feels like a figure that you can't reach, you can't you can't know because you're not good enough, you're never going to be intimate with him. And I think that's the lie of the enemy when uh, he tries to attack our intimacy with Jesus is he says, hey, no, Jesus is perfect and you're not, so you can't know him. Jesus is holy and you're not, so you can't know him. But I disagree. I think you are holy. Because the Bible says right here in, in John 17, he says, And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. You've been made holy. You've been made pure. The Bible says you're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And so for you to understand that allows you to say, Okay, I, I am worthy enough to have access to God. Like I am worthy enough to know God intimately. And I think it's another level when you start to, you start to understand that The Bible says that we are one with Christ. It doesn't get more intimate than being one. In John 17, 23, it says, I am in them and you are in me. And so if you read that, you understand that Christ is in us. His spirit, the spirit of God dwells inside of us and his spirit has merged with ours, making us one with him, which means when we're one with Christ and Christ is one with the father, we're one with the father. And so we have access to him through all times to ask him for things, to talk with him, to be on a level playing field with him, although he is our father and we have we need to respect him and have 
have a fear of God, have, a, have a, an awe of his authority, he also made himself our friend so that we can know him, we can be intimate with him, we can be vulnerable with him, we can be open with him. And he kind of levels the playing field and says like, no, I don't want to just be this, this, this out of touch ruler. I don't want to be this communist figure in your life, this dictator. I want to be your friend. And when Jesus died on the cross, he allowed us to have a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with God that allows us to be on a level playing field as the righteousness of Christ Jesus, an heir to the kingdom of heaven, a son and a daughter of the king of God that gives us access to him. And so in order for you to be intimate with him, you really have to understand who you are in him that that when that will kind of that awareness will unlock a ability for you to say I can access him and I'm worthy and he wants to hear me and he wants to know me and he wants to be as vulnerable with me as I am with him. And I think when you understand that, then you start to understand who you are. You have a different position. You can start to understand like I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I'm renewed. I'm a new creation. I'm an heir to the kingdom of heaven. I'm a son, a daughter of the king. And I have the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2.16 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand all these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Another gift that God gave us is a mind of Christ, the ability to think as he thinks, to see as he sees. And Paul tells us throughout the whole New Testament that the renewal of our mind into the mind of Christ allows us to have a new thinking and a new understanding and a new awareness of Holy Spirit in our lives and a new intimacy with Jesus. And so understanding your oneness with Christ allows for you to understand your position, which allows you to be unlocked into freedom to have a relationship with him that's actually true. Because it's really hard to have a relationship with someone that you think is just dictating you when that's not who he is. He's a friend. He's your father. And maybe you have a bad relationship with your father. You can't wrap your mind around an intimate relationship with a father. But know that God is perfect. He's a perfect father who is there for you as a friend, as authority. And he wants to give you perfect gifts. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you. He wants to heal you. He wants to walk with you. And he wants to do all those things. But all those things spark out of intimacy with him. We're one with Christ Jesus. We're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. When God sees us, he sees his son. And that gives us freedom and authority to have intimacy with the God who created the universe. And that's wild to me. To think that the God who created the universe, everything, also created us, desires to know us. So much so he would lay his life down to know us. And I think that that's that when I started to understand that, that sparked a desire for intimacy with him. Like you love me so much. You've given basically everything to know me deeply, your life, your son. And all you want in return is my heart. All you want in return is intimate relationship, vulnerable, deep, open relationship. Because that's when God can begin to do the things in you that he wants to do in you. Because we know, and I've talked about it before in the podcast, God's always going to do something in you before he ever does anything through you. And that's, that something in you starts with relationship with him, intimacy with him. God can never do anything in your porn addiction if you never give it to him. 
God can never do anything in your depression if you never give it to him. God can never do anything in your trauma if you never give it to him. If you don't allow God into those areas, he can't heal. He can't set free. He can't mend those areas. He has to be let in to those. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. That means Jesus was working on people's cabinets and their houses and their chairs and their tables and anything else that was built out of wood. But Jesus couldn't just go in there and work on those wood pieces without someone allowing him to enter their house. And I think somebody listening to this podcast today needs to allow Jesus to enter the tough areas of their life so that he can begin to work and whittle in those areas to bring healing, comfort, peace, promise, hope, and a future to you. But he can't do it if you don't let him in. And that's what intimacy is. It's letting him in to those areas. It's letting Jesus in to the areas that need him most. In my own life, I've seen, when I, began, when I began to become intimate with Jesus, I saw freedom in areas in my own life. I saw freedom in my own porn addiction. I saw freedom in my own anxiety. I saw freedom in my own doubtful thoughts of who I was. I saw freedom in my own negative thinking. I saw freedom in all the, the bad areas and negative thinking patterns that I had developed in my life because of a lack of God, because of living in a broken world, began to be healed. And I was able to step into sainthood and the righteousness of Christ Jesus, the holiness that he offers us because I said, God, you can just have it all. Like, just take it. Just fix it. God, like, just please, just here, you can have it. Renew my mind so I think and I see as you think and I'm aware of my oneness in Christ. If I'm one in Christ, I don't need to be depressed. If I'm one in Christ, I don't need to be socially anxious. If I'm one in Christ, I don't need to be addicted. I'm free. I'm full. I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And intimacy unlocks that in you. And I believe when you begin to step into that, believe that, and walk in that, you're going to experience a new freedom, but also a new relationship with Jesus that's going to lead to new doors, new opportunities, and new intimacy and healing in your own life. And it starts with just saying, God, I want you. I need you. Here's every part of my life. Here's X, Y, Z. Here's all the things you already know, but that I'm ashamed of, and the devil's told me I can't tell you. I did this with that person. I did this to that person. I hurt this person. I did that. I watched this. I did that. I told this lie. This part, this thing embarrassed me. I'm ashamed of this. I'm so depressed. I want to kill myself. This, that, this, that. And just list it out to God and say, can you just be a part of this, please? Because it sucks. And God does something when you allow him in. He begins to work in those areas. So lastly, like I told you, I want to leave you guys with something practical to be able to walk in walk in this freedom of an intimate relationship with Jesus? Like, what does it look like? So if we look back at our scriptures, we can see some really cool things. I think throughout the whole chapter 17 of John, you can see um, what it looks like to be intimate with, with God. Jesus is breaking down intimacy with God. In verse six, he says, I have revealed to you the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. I think one of the first practical steps in having an intimate relationship with Jesus is allowing Jesus to reveal to us. Reveal himself, reveal his plans, reveal his healing, reveal whatever it is he desires to reveal to us. And how do you do that? By spending time in prayer, by spending time in worship, by spending time in quiet devotion to him for me when i'm desiring jesus to reveal something to me 
I sit in my room with a little bit of music on softly and I just soak in his presence. I go, Holy Spirit, come in this space and I soak in his presence and I pray out in the spirit and I ask and then I sit in silence. And sometimes I hear nothing, to be honest with you. And in times I'm hearing nothing, what is he revealing to me? Patience, perseverance, trust. It's hard to trust when you don't hear. It's easy to trust if he's telling you. And he builds those moments. But then there's other moments where he casts vision, where he speaks to me, where he heals, where he renews my mind, where I see him, where I experience him, where Holy Spirit teaches me. The Bible says that Holy Spirit is our teacher. So while we're allowing Jesus to reveal to us, we're really asking, Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me through what I'm reading in my scripture right now. Teach me through revelation you speak to me. Teach me by letting me read the same verse I've read a million times, but let me pull something new from the text. Let me carry new heavenly revelation that I never saw. That's allowing Jesus to reveal to us, just like he did here. The second thing, I think, is understanding that everything we have is a gift from him. He says that in verse 7, now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Because knowing and carrying the perspective that everything we have is from him gives us a, a perspective and a posture of gratitude and praise. And gratitude and praise immediately allow us to see Jesus in everything. If you're able to say, I understand that everything I have is a gift from Jesus, you're able to see Jesus in all that you have. You can see him in your family. You can see him in your Honda Accord. You can see him in your school. You can see him in your job. You can see him in the people that walk by your street. You can see him in your iPhone. You can see how God's hand has been blessing your life when you simply understand that everything they have is a gift. And then lastly, understanding that we have a direct line to the Father. In John 16, it says, because of Jesus, we can ask God for anything. We can talk to him. We can live a life that allows you to be aware of the Holy Spirit at all times. And we can begin to produce a life that produces fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And when we have an access, when we have access to Jesus, when we have access to the Father, we can pray and we can bring him into our daily life. Intimacy with somebody often looks like living life with them. Everywhere, at the bank, at work, in your classroom, with your family, praying continually without ceasing, the Bible says, in every moment unlocks more intimacy. So your three things that I would tell you practically is let Jesus reveal to you, carry a posture that he has, that he has blessed you, and three, pray without ceasing. Bring God into every part of your life. Everywhere. When you walk by somebody, you can pray for them. When you are at a coffee shop, you can be speaking to God. You can be, have constant dialogue with Jesus throughout your day, and that even unlocks more intimacy with him. That's all I have for you guys today. Uh, we're at probably like the 35-minute mark. You guys know I like to keep these short but intent and specific. Um, but I, I really feel like for many of us listening the next level of faith for us, the faith that truly we desire, where we say, I want more. I want what Paul and Peter had. Like, I want what I look, when I look at these evangelists and these preachers and these people healing people and, and I see their, their earnest desire for Jesus, I want that. 
And simply what that is, it's not that like they know secrets of God that we don't know. It's not that they have like special tea they drink. Like it's not, they don't have any potion that allows them to know God more. They just have an intimate relationship with him. And an intimate relationship, the more you work at it and the more that you put into it, the more you're going to desire to sit with him, to know him, to let him reveal to you, to pray without ceasing, and to carry a posture of praise and gratitude. And so I think it's the next step for you. I really do. And so I'd encourage you, maybe I'll give you some homework, except I hate that word. I always hated homework. I'll just say, hey, for one week, test me. Test me. For one week, spend 30 minutes at least with Jesus in your room, by yourself, in your car, and do three things. Worship, read scripture, pray. And what I mean by pray is not just speak, but also listen. Worship, read scripture, and pray for seven days. Do it for seven days. And if I am wrong, by the end of those seven days, you will, you will not have a more desire to know Jesus. You will not have your faith encouraged. You will not have more vision for your life. But I know I'm right, and I know at the end of seven days, you will be encouraged. You will know Jesus intimately. You will have a new hunger for him. You will see people differently. You'll have a desire to reveal Jesus to others by the way that you live, and you'll have a desire for him just in seven days. So test me. Do it. Seven days, spend 30 minutes with him a day seeking him, and I promise you he's going to show up and he's going to speak to you. Hey, as always, I love y'all so much. It's always so much fun doing these podcasts. I hope you guys were encouraged. If this encouraged you or you or God told you to send this to somebody or you thought about somebody while, we, while you were listening, share this episode link with them. Tell them that they can listen to this one or many other ones. Maybe there's a question that we've done that they've been struggling with for a while. And um, let's continue to push this podcast forward and allow God to minister and love people through this podcast. Um, lastly, obviously, a couple more housekeeping things. Um, if you feel like you want to, after this episode, you want to partner with the podcast financially, you can by going to anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. There's cheap options. Genuinely, anything helps. But also, just simply liking or leaving a review helps us so much here at this podcast as well. And um, I hope you have a great day. I love you guys so much. I'm praying for each... Every single one of you listeners, and I genuinely do that, I pray for every single one of you listeners, and I'm praying that this week a new level of intimacy is unlocked with your relationship with Jesus because you decide to reveal and be vulnerable with him in every area of your life. I think you're going to experience some freedom and some more fullness of your life. I love you so much. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Carly Marcoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.